Let's start this preaching with a word. We're going to read from Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 9. And we've been studying and we've been actually reading the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. And we've experienced so many people experiencing the grace of God. And I hope and I'm sure that all of us once in our life experience the grace of God. And hopefully in this last installment, we will still see how good God is for us. So verse 1 of chapter 19 in the book of Luke says here, Jesus entered Jericho, and he was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him and for he was about to pass that way and when jesus came to the place he looked up and said to him zacchaeus hurry and come down for i must stay at your house today so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully and when they saw it they all grumbled he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner and zacchaeus stood and said to the lord behold lord the half of my goods i give to the poor and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I believe that our encounter with Jesus, even in our most broken situation or in our most broken moment, God transforms our life and makes it Something that will make an impact in our family, in our community, wherever God has placed you. Because not only because they see your goodness, because over well, sometimes we fail, no? But they see the goodness of God in our life. And what Jesus did to us in our life, you know what? We learned it in the first week that Jesus gives lives. His compassion for us gives us hope even in our most hopeless situation. Even in areas that are dead right now, in our walk with God, God can bring life to that area because of His compassion for us. It's always amazing and big. And not only that, Jesus forgives. This is one thing that I appreciate God in my life because no matter how drenched I am in my sin, God still forgives because His love leads me to repent from all my sins. And the Bible says that if I confess my sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive me from all sins that I have. That's 1 John 1, 9. And not only that, Jesus hears and Jesus heals. And we learned that last week that if we cry in our faith to really ask God for help, God will hear you. And He's not deaf. That He could not hear us, but not only that, He heals us both. He can heal us physically, but not only that, He heals us spiritually. And this is one thing that we're going to learn. We learn that grace really changes everything. When I say everything, it's everything. When Jesus say it's everything, no matter how impossible that is for people or for you to change that portion of your life that is so hopeless, God can change that. Because nothing is impossible with him. And we're going to learn about a story. And we've read that earlier about a man named Zacchaeus who is also broken. Why broken? We're going to find out. But he's a man who has experienced the grace of God, especially when he encountered Jesus Christ in that 
area of his life in that time. And Zacchaeus, we've known him. But there's a lot of things that we can learn more as we read more and more the Word of God. And as we read through this Word of God, as we learn from this story, we're going to learn what Jesus did or what specifically for the whole series. We're going to understand what Jesus is doing when we encounter Him in our lives. First, we're going to talk about that Jesus initiates. Secondly, Jesus invites us. And thirdly, Jesus intervenes. First, Jesus initiates. We respond and participate. Now in this account, in Jeremiah and in Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 2, he entered Jericho. Now, this was a story last week, the Bible is approaching Jericho. He was not yet in Jericho, but he was approaching Jericho, and he found the beggar there crying out loud, saying, Jesus, son of David, when he was entering Jericho now, and he was just passing through. This is something that we should learn right now, that Jesus may have passed through in our life. But the question that I have with you, have we noticed that Jesus has passed through in our life already? But for some of us, we know that Jesus came into our life already, but we were so ignorant or maybe we were so focused on a lot of things that we have never realized that Jesus already passed through. And when he said he's passing through, it's not something that he just went there as an accident. from here. You pass through a lot of cities and usually you stop by Kabangkalan. And you pass through there, and sometimes, wala ka namang intention. Pero you pass through lang because, well, you are hungry, you're tired with traveling, or even tired of driving. But Jesus Christ was passing through, not because He has no intention of passing through, or trip-trip lang, because everything Jesus does, He has an intention. It was intentional for Jesus Christ to pass through Jericho. Now, Jericho was a place of commerce. It was one of the places where people go through before they go to Jerusalem. But why would he go to Jericho? And he has no business there. Wala man siya trade. Wala man siya commerce. He's not selling anything. And he's not buying anything. But he passed through Jericho before going to Jerusalem. Why? Because he has an intention to do. And maybe that's because he will meet somebody that he knows already. And maybe that man is Zacchaeus. But I believe so that there's no accident in the Lord, Right? And God will be always good to you no matter what happens in our life. That's why when he entered Jericho, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He's materially rich because of his position in the society. He was the tax collector. Why he was there in Jericho? Because that's the capital of trade capital of commerce, so it's easier to collect taxes there. But not only that he was a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector he was the top line he was the chief tax collector not being a tax collector is a noble job in his time the romans have empowered some of the jews to work for them and the work for them to collect the taxes from the jews and maybe two percent three percent from commerce from everything from the toll gates from everything so two to three percent but the romans have also empowered this tax collector to collect more than what is required so even if they collect five percent ten percent it's okay for the romans as long as they get what they have been required but this tax collectors usually take advantage of the taxes that's being paid to them by collecting so much 
more than what is required. That's why in the NLT version of this passage says, He had become very rich. Or in a Greek origin of this, plowos, which is richness or wealth that is beyond normal. Now, if you're that rich during that time, you might be doing something that is not really legal. Because as Jews, you must be charitable or must give to the poor. And he has a lot of wealth, enough, more than enough for him. And he was the chief tax collector. Now, in that city also, he was known also as a sinner. Why? Maybe because of that position. That's why, not only that, if you are a Jew and collecting money from your fellow Jew in order to support the oppressor, you are a traitor. Traitor ka. Kakolekta ka money, ihatag mo sa Roman, and the Roman will oppress them. Supplying their needs. So, the tax collector were really of a different level. There are sinners, the general sinner. There are prostitutes, which are different also. We learned that from the sinful woman. And there are worse. The sinner is the tax collector. Now, that was Zacchaeus. He was the worst of the worst of sinners as known by people during his time. And he cannot worship in the temple because of his position, of his work. Now, these are the longness of people outside the church. Not only that he was very rich because of things that he done wrong, he was also small of stature. That means he's short. Theologians would say that he's just below five feet. These are the challenges that this man is facing. He's not only vertically challenged, but he was also integrity challenged. Why? Because first and foremost, he's short. He cannot see Jesus Christ. Among the crowd, he cannot see Jesus Christ. And not only that, he cannot see Jesus Christ because he's been limited because of his life. Because of his sin. Because he is corrupt. And because of that, the society rejected him during that time. And who among you can relate for that? Sometimes we want to see Jesus because there are so many inabilities or so many things in our life that make us incapable of seeing Jesus. Maybe your debt. Or maybe your relationships. Or maybe even your physical disability. You're sick and somehow you're wondering, where is Jesus in my life? Right? And because of that, it led us to question our, even our faith in the Lord. Are we really loved by God? Are we really sons and daughters of God, which the Bible says so? Or am I just dreaming about God will save me from my mess or from my iniquity? We are like that. And all of us can relate to that. I can relate to this chaos because there are moments in my life I feel like that so many times when I was broken. When I felt like the Lord is so far away from me. Sometimes when you pray, you feel like your prayer, Taman Rasiling. Usahay, nubo pa. Taman Rasa, second level si mong double deck. Kung estudyante ka. You felt like the Lord is not hearing you. Well, the Bible says it's because of our sins that makes us not hear God. His hand is not too short to reach out. His ear is not too dull to hear. But our iniquities have separated us from Jesus Christ or from God. 
And that's something that we need to realize. And this man knows his reality. He was short physically, but he's also short spiritually. He fell short of the standards and the will of God. And who among you can relate with me that all of us are like that? We all do, because the Bible says so. But the good thing about Zacchaeus, he did something that somehow a response in the way that he participated when he heard that Jesus is coming. I might not know kung paano niya nadunggan si Jesus Christ. But words has been running around that Jesus Christ is the one who heals, the one who saves, the one who is the Messiah. The beggar said he's the son of David. That's why wherever you are spiritually or even physically, you can still hear the word of our God. And the Bible says faith comes from hearing. Hearing about the words of Jesus Christ. So if you are hearing this word, I believe so that you have the faith even to move mountains. That's the reality today. And this man, because of what he heard about Jesus Christ, he had that faith to seek God, whatever it takes. And he was said, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. When was the last time you saw Jesus Christ? When was the last time you were looking for Jesus Christ? The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. The problem with us is we stick to Jeremiah 29, 11. And we don't go to verses 12 and 13. Verses 12 and 13, then you will come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. I will, you will find me and I will be found by you when you seek me with all of your heart. Question that I have for you, when was the last time we sought God with all of our heart? Because the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that He exists. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now the rewards may not be material, but his rewards may be something of wisdom that you need in order for you to get out of your mess. Maybe something that a grace or strength that you need for you to wake up in the morning even if you're sick. Maybe that reward may be something relational that you will be able to forgive somebody even if you hate that person. And you can still have fellowship because of the grace of God. That's what happens when we have faith as small as a master team. It can move mountains. Whatever mountains that we have right now in our life, that faith is enough to move it so that we will see the reward, the blessings of God that only God can give to us when we seek Him. So what happened when he heard about Jesus Christ, when he knew that he was short and he knew that he cannot get out of the crowd, what he did? So he ran and on the head and climbed up into the sycamore tree. Now, my question for you, why the sycamore tree? It's known that sycamore during that time is a sycamore fig tree, but that tree actually has branches that are very low. Of course, paano kasaka si Zacchaeus? And not only that, the branches are thick, but what happened during that time is that when he ran and climbed up, it was an act of humility for somebody who had a dignity. If you are a man of dignity, a man of position, you have all the robes that you have. And your robes usually describe who you are. Now, if you run during that time, you have to lift up your robe, right? You have to lift up your robe and you're going to show the loins. 
your legs. And it is so undignified for that person to bring up his robe and run. During that time, it's so undignified. Kaulaw. Not only that, he climbed up a tree, which is like a little boy climbing up a tree. Yes, he was little, but he had a reputation that he had a position in life that he should protect. He had a reputation. Oy, manager ko, hindi ko yan magpakita. Hindi ko yan magpahumble. And most of us are like that. What happened to Zacchaeus was willing to let go of his dignity in order for him to see Christ's glory. For some of us, we cannot let go of our dignity. Ipapray lang ta sa atong company. Why bye si ano, mapray. Ano man, basta atin na sa victory, mayan na sa magpray. And ikaw, no, ano man, ako. Among you here, you've been challenged with your faith just because you are ashamed of our faith. For some of us are undercover Christians. Nobody knows that you're a Christian except you. But we're not like that. But this one, Zacchaeus, no matter how dignified what he did to run, and not only to climb up a tree, it doesn't matter because what's more important for me to see Jesus Christ in His glory? What are the things God wants you to let go right now in your life in order for you to see more of Jesus Christ? What are the things in your relationship that you need to cut off in order for you to let go of your hurts and pains so that you will receive the healing of God in your heart? Whatever deals that you're going through in your businesses, you need to get away from. Because the Bible says, do not be yoked with unbelievers. Being yoked is being attached to something that God doesn't want you to be attached. And some of us, we blame God. Lord, why am I hurting? We need to ask ourselves, are there anything in our life that needs to be cut off? Yes, God broke the chains already, but we're still carrying the chains. Why? We get used to the chains already. We don't want to let go because that has been your security. That has been your significance, your work maybe, your relationships maybe, maybe your career your future hopes and dreams. Now, nothing's wrong with that. But if it gets away from our view of Christ's glory, then there's something wrong with that. We've got to check our heart. You may be in this world today and you see worldly things around you every day, but you're not of this world. You've been bought with a price and that price is for Jesus Christ to die on the cross, shed His blood, so that all of us here will be forgiven of our sins and receive eternal life and life victoriously in Him. So if you believe that you're a Christian and God saved you already, there is a reason why God removed the chains for you so that you can run away from it and live a life victoriously. Don't go back anymore because you will bought with a price already. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, how Jesus knew? I don't know. But I believe that the Bible says that God knows everything. The same way that he knows your name. He knows you by name. He calls you by name. 
God knows us deep inside of us, our failures, our weakness, everything about us. That's why we have nothing to hide. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to prove because God knows everything about us. All we need to do is to present ourselves, Lord, I am here. Call me. Be with me. And he called it by name. You know what Zacchaeus means? So ironic. Because Zacchaeus means the righteous one. The pure one. The innocent one. What I'm amazed with is because God called Zacchaeus by his name. And maybe he's trying to remind him that this is who you are, my friend. You're not of the world. Your sin does not define you. Your iniquity does not define you. Your position in life, even your wealth, even what you have right now, everything about what you have right now does not define you. What defines you is Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. God has given you a new identity so that you can live a life victoriously. But sometimes, we always have this victim mentality. We always blame people and we always think we're the victim. No, you're not the victim. You're the victor already. Why? Because Christ won you over that victory on the cross 2,000 years ago. And Jesus calls us by name regardless of our past or present condition. No matter where you are right now in your walk with God, doesn't matter. Because God calling us to a personal invitation and that is Jesus Christ to come into our lives first and foremost. That's why Jesus invites, we just need to let Him inside. How many times Jesus Christ invited Himself to your life? And how many times we rejected Him because our doors are closed for Him. Why? Because there are a lot of things inside that door that you don't want Him to see. Or maybe you don't want to let go even if it destroys you. Even if it demands your whole self to be slaved, enslaved with that. That's why Jesus wants to come into our life. Why? Because He wants to change something inside. Changes happen inside and out. That's why lordship, that's why relationship begins in the heart. Jesus invites, this is what happened. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay. I must. He didn't ask permission. He said, I must be in your life right now. My friend, my daughter, I must be in your life right now because I'm the only one who can save you from your mess so that your mess will become a message. I will be the one that you need in your testing so that your testings will become a testimony for my glory. Do you have some testings? But you know what? If you're going through a lot, going through a mess, nothing is impossible for God to change that mess into His message. All you need to do is take that invitation. Jesus' invitation to Zacchaeus was a part of his divine mission. His divine mission was to save the world because after Zacchaeus, he went to Jerusalem and he had the triumphal entry from the people, the same people who crucified him. 
And that crucifixion has a purpose because He lived a life that we should have lived here on earth, but He died the death that we should have died in our place in order that all of us who believes and repents from our sin will receive forgiveness and eternal life in Him. That's what happened here. When Zacchaeus received Him joyfully, something happened during that time. First, people persecuted Him. Now, there are a lot of people in your life, in our life, even myself, when I became a Christian, a lot of people, even my family, told me, oh, naunsan na makadiadong? Unsan na imong gana apila-pila na? Alive, alive, awake, awake? Oh, naano man si Alex, oh, tanawa, na ma-pray na sa otaw-tao. Okay, pray, Lex, pray, Lex. And some people will not understand what your faith is, but it's okay. Why? Because that's the most important thing in this world. Faith in Jesus, to have Jesus in our life, the Bible says that everything will be destroyed, will be temporary in this world, but one thing will last, my word, and that is me. I will last forever. If there's one thing forever here in this earth, and that is Jesus Christ, and that's the only thing we need right now. Yes, we need a lot of things in this earth, but the Bible says, but seek God first in His kingdom, in His righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. The question is, do we really seek God? His kingdom and Zacchaeus, they all grumbled because they were a sinner. You know what? We don't have the right to judge people. Yes, we tell them the truth and the truth will be the one that will set them free. But we don't have the right to judge people because Jesus Christ himself did not judge. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who will ever believe in him shall not perish but have an eternal life. Verse 17, because the son of man came here not to judge but to save the world through them. But if we don't respond to his message, to his invitation, definitely we will be judged someday. Don't wait for that moment to happen. Because sooner or later, God will execute his judgment to us. This is what happened. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone in anything, I restore it fourfold. This is what you call restitution. Restitution is an act to make things right. Now, Zacchaeus did not do this to earn the favor of God. Rather, he received it already unconditionally, the love, the salvation, and the grace of God. And that grace empowered him to do what is right and even to correct what has been done wrong. That is the power of grace in our life. Now, the Zacchaeus restitution was actually, the law requires him to give 20% of the income to the poor. Zacchaeus gave half of his possessions. In the Old Testament, he must make restitution full and 20% or 120% or to the maximum of double, which is 200%. In the Roman law during that time, if a tax collector who wrongfully confiscated good had to restore double the value, if by force or extortion, threefold of the value, but Zacchaeus gave fourfold. Wow. Was he trying to prove something? I don't think so. I think he experienced the amazing grace of God that empowered him to do even more than what is required of him. Why? Because God's grace 
empowers us. He empowers us to even forgive those people who is unforgivable. He empowers us to even give generously, even if we are in lack. He empowers us even, sometimes we calculate tithes to 10%, I'm good because 10%. No, some of us will say, I don't believe in tithes because it's grace giving. The problem with grace giving, because it empowers you to do more than what is required. That means you give more than 10% if you allow grace to work in your life. That's what happens. When grace comes in into our lives, it gives us the power and the strength even in areas we are weak of. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul was saying, I will boast all the more, gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ His grace, His amazing grace will rest upon me so that I'll be able to do what the Lord my God tells me to do. What is God telling you right now? What is God trying to say to you to obey? Maybe all you need to do is take that step of faith and believe that the moment that you obey, you will receive God, first and foremost, Him in your life. But not only that, but whatever follows after Him. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins may be as red as scarlet, I will make it white as snow. Verse 19 says that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Lastly, Jesus intervenes. We are saved by grace from our sins because of God's goodness. It's not about us. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. Since also he is a son of Abraham, God was saying, this was a lost son of Israel. But now, no more. Because the old is gone and the new has come. This man was lost. But now, he is found. Because he allowed Jesus Christ to come into his life. Ironically, the chapter before that, Jesus Christ met a rich, strong ruler. And he said this, For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why he said that? Because the person, the rich, young ruler, has a lot in his pockets that he cannot let go. And that's true for some of us. Maybe we have a lot that we need to let go. And sometimes it's so impossible to imagine, Lord, kaya ba ni Lord? How, what will happen if I do this? If I let go of this relationship, what will happen? If I let go of this bad deal or bad business that makes me sin, what should happen in my family, my provision? If I don't cheat in class, what will happen to my grades? What will happen to my future? If I don't make this carte, what will happen to me, Lord? Jesus said, what is impassable with man is passable with God. When Jesus Christ intervenes, He steps into our lives because His grace 
changes everything. Every area of our life, whatever impossibilities, I have experienced the grace of God. For me to speak here in front of you, it's so impossible. Why? Because there are so many things that I didn't know I could do. But because of the grace of God, things happen even if it's impossible. You sought God. And now God is giving you this opportunity. Don't delay. Receive Him joyfully. For today, salvation has come into your life. But all who did receive Him, who believe in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God.